Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 6th of October 2011. I always kick us off this broadcast by advising you to go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the hundreds of audios which are there for free download, lots of links as well to different articles all over the planet over the years too. And you can hopefully be able to understand the system that you're born into, the one that's never explained to you, because the media is not there to explain anything. It's there to get you upset about the, the, each day, basically. This is what's happening today. Be very upset. And to show you that big corporations and big foundations run by banks, basically, as tax outlets for them, havens in a sense, they run the world through their armies of non-governmental organizations. They plan the future in order for their own children to take over, of course, into the future. I mean, power never just waits to see if something happens. It must always ensure that it's in control and its own offspring's in control of the future. It's always been like that, even with monarchies. No difference with this big oligarchy of businesses. So I show you how it works together, how they all network together. There are international conferences where they make deals and the occasional little glimpse we get into their secret meetings as well, generally from people who have been belonged to these big groups that plan the future and who write their memoirs. And I give you lots of uh, clues and books and links, etc., to, to study up on, because that's the only way you're going to find out what's really happening and to understand why you're so frustrated in this world where simple things just seem so darn complex to fix, according to the big boys who run us. And it's not complex at all. Chronology is how the world is run. It's always been run by chronology. And that's what the politics is given to you for. That's what democracy is given to you for as well. It doesn't matter if they call it, you know, a Soviet system, a Nazi system, or a fascist system, democracy. It's all the same system in reality. If we're a small bunch at the top, using control freaks can keep you all in line and make you work for very little, while a tiny bunch at the top live very high on the hog. It doesn't matter what it's called. It's part, it, it uses human nature, and we live in a moneyed system, which is, again, created out of nothing, basically, by those who've got themselves in the positions of power to make it so. And they're, they're not going to change it for anybody because they've been running this system for an awful long time. Government should not be even borrowing from private banks in the first place, and that's how we all get into a mess. And it's designed to be that way. Uh, but in the balance of budget, it means they're paying off the interest uh, uh, for that, basically for that year on the debt. They're not paying off the debt at all, just the interest. They manage to make their payment on it. That's what, how it's run. Remember, too, that uh, I don't bring on advertisers as guests, and this is not a business, so I don't uh, uh, go full out to make it so. Uh, therefore, it's up to you, the listeners, to support me and help me keep going with my costs, etc., by buying the books and discs, and I've got it cutting through the matrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check or an international postal money order, or you can use uh, uh, cash. Some people send cash. Other people use PayPal. You'll find out how to do it on cutting through the matrix.com. And also remember, two other sites listed there have transcripts for print-up in English, 
And if you want transcripts in, in other languages, go into Alan alanwattsentinel.eu and help yourself to the ones offered there. But we are and going through these uh, the, the big transitions, they call it, at the top think tanks, transitions of interdependence and transitions where uh, everything's being locked together, not because the public at the bottom demanded it so. Uh, there are NGOs that are working full-time to, to do that. That's their job, basically. They're paid well to do that. But at the top, they plan this world of interdependence. And you understand that if you're dependent on something, uh, then you're not independent. You understand? And it's interesting to notice that even the United Nations has said its worst enemy is, is independence, even personal independence, individualism. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix. And I always find it interesting to see how we're guided into things. Even complaining, we get guided to complain at the right times about things. And and I was looking at the the Wall Street protests and how all of the big organizations, there's hundreds of them getting involved, you see. Lots of the communist ones as well and other. And you can't blame all the ones who follow along. There's lots of, there's hundreds and hundreds of groups out there, all for the special interest, you know. But the top ones are the ones that guide them. And you've got to understand that uh, they know how to guide the masses, basically. They're taught how to do this with their wonderful speeches. And it's always we and us and all, you know, we're always inclusive of everyone who's got a grievance. So we've got to be awfully careful. But it's interesting, too, to me that this is the very time uh, that the big boys, if you looked at the, the say Chatham House, for instance, for the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council of Foreign Relations, uh, they've been working overtime uh, for a long time now trying to get into this deeper integration of the world uh, idea economically as well. The exact same technique that they're using for the integration of Europe through crisis creation, especially to do with finances. So it's actually time, you see, for the system to change. And it's nothing better than to get the people to demand that it changes and it'll go into the, the way it's supposed to go. Understand that the Bank of International Settlements, as Quigley said himself for the Council on Foreign Relations, was set up initially to, it's an amalgamation of all these private central banks that runs the whole, every country. It's, it's where they all meet together under this BIS and, um, and, and they were to get a higher status down the road. Same with Bretton Woods Agreement, etc., Part 1, and in Part 2, which they come about now as well, where they, they further amalgamate their economic system into a tighter, a tighter system for the whole planet. Uh, and so it's no coincidence that everything's happening right now, and not at all. They don't wait at the top, as I say, with all their hundreds of think tanks and, and say, okay, if we do this down the road, how will it affect society? How will it affect the economy? They, this is all worked out by the think tanks, uh, and, and they argue all the different points of, that will come against them and how to overcome them, etc. Before the chess games even started, before they moved the single player, they look at everything. So nothing takes them by surprise. And, and never forget that. Never forget that. I mean, the public have been conned for thousands of years with this whole idea of money at usury and compound interest. Thousands of years. And it hasn't changed. 
So I, I don't see why the big boys at the top would ever want to change it. The fact they've got even better scams on the go to add to all of that with their carbon credits that they hand out free, again, tax money handed out to big corporations. I'll touch on that tonight so they can kick off the trading amongst themselves and get profits. Uh, and it's, just a, it's just amazing how we're living in the, the Oz times. And, and the public have the wrong idea about so much of it because it's true enough. A writer wrote to me today and said that there's nothing more depressing than to see someone on the side of the road with a, a, a placard saying, give us work or give us a job. Government is not in the business of giving you a job. Government's supposed to leave the field open for jobs to occur, but it doesn't because you're in a controlled system, a controlled society. All your jobs are over in China. That was planned by those who, who run the banks, that run your money that lends to your government. All of that was was, was done through the World uh, Trade Organization and through the, 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 the GATT treaty. They signed the GATT treaty as well. And they're still signing them now with Brazil and India where they can basically uh, import everything um, and export everything without any taxes for 15 to 20 years. And uh, they can pollute as much as they want and pay no carbon. In fact, they get paid carbon taxes from the United Nations via your, your government, your tax money. Guess they get paid for, for even polluting. I mean, it's, it's not meant to make sense, you understand. It's not a big racket. That's what it is. And while they're doing all of this, they get, they've got all these NGOs off in Britain. I might touch on them tonight uh, or put a link up at the end of the broadcast to show you some of the organizations that are getting paid by government and big foundations to get your little community, your communitarian idea off the, get, get involved, get involved in your community now that we're decentralizing. Because we won't have healthcare, we won't have this, we won't have that. We'll all have to do it ourselves. And they've already got these ready-made trained NGO leaders in action to take over. This is the new Soviet system. That's what the Soviet system was supposed to be. And here it is. You can tell even by, I mean, I get lots of, um, Emails from people in the medical profession in the U.S. And they've been telling me for quite a few years before Obama came in, they were already pushing this whole thing that they're now calling Obamacare. And one one super insurance company is taking over from all the rest, where you actually get generic drugs and it's mandated, you must do. They punish you or penalize you if you try to get the brand names, etc. Even though the FDA uh, was lobbied, again, like it's lobbied themselves, because they're owned by pharma, but they basically passed the laws last year, or this year, early this year, to put different ingredients in the different in the drugs, even the brand name ones, if they could find it cheaper, and so allowed to do it without telling the public. That, that's a law passed. It's astonishing what's going on, and the public don't know. They don't know. But anyway, remember too, eugenics again is at the top of the tree. The families that are fittest to go on should go on according to themselves, and it's all your fault. If you haven't quite made it yet, there's an article, for instance, uh, here t- today. It's, it's, um, it's from Herman Cain. He's talking about the Occupy Wall Street movement. And he says, if you don't have a job and you're not rich, then blame yourself, you know. So businessman turned GOP presidential candidate Herman Cain sat down with the Wall Street Journal for a recent interview and gave an unsympathetic analysis of the ongoing Occupy Wall Street movement, suggesting it was staged and driven by anti-capitalism. What is capitalism? It's like democracy keeps changing what it really is supposed to be about because it's not about investing and creating work for people as a side effect of investing. Anymore, I mean, money simply off, off, off in investments. 
except that they're global now. So naturally, they're going to go for the cheapest labor, and they have been going for the cheapest labor. So technically, capitalism is still capitalism. It's just they're going to the cheapest market to get to, to get to labor. Whereas the, the public at the bottom that don't have any work seem to think it's supposed to be there to serve them. Anyway, asked by the journalist Alan Murray about his thoughts on the demonstrations, which initially began in New York City and have since spread around the country, uh, Kane responded, I don't have facts to back this up, but I happen to believe that these demonstrations are planned and orchestrated to distract from the failed policies of the Obama administration. This, this happened before Obama came in, although he hasn't made it any better. He says, don't blame Wall Street, uh, don't blame the big banks. If you don't have a job and you're not rich, blame yourself. It's not a person's fault if they succeed, it's a person's fault if they failed. So in other words, you're not psychopathic enough. You just don't have what it takes to be ruthless. You know? Came on to admit that the banks had something to do with the economy, the economic crisis of 2008, but pointed out that that was now, it was now 2011, seemingly downplaying any lasting effects on the practices of big banks and Wall Street. This is Occupy Wall Street, a self-professed progressive movement, has broadened its effects or efforts in the past week, putting concerns with too big to fail banks, widening income inequality, and rampant unemployment on centre stage. But as, as I said before, you know, do you really? We shouldn't it be. No one should be in the position to say, "Please give me a job." That shouldn't be happening in the first place. If you had a real moneyed system. But again, you see, you're, you're post-national. You're, they have no nations anymore. This is this is a whole global movement. The, the United Nations was set up during World War II. It really transformed from the League of Nations to end the nation state. Well, if you don't have a nation state to, to, to ensure that everything's going to profit, at least the people who live in that particular nation, you've got nothing at all. And then these same gangsters are telling you to compete with China. You know, for the psychopaths there, the ones who get the top, who are always psychopaths, um, are, are growing like crazy. They're mushrooming with their multi-billion dollars um, profits. But uh, you've got to understand, it's degrading to have to ask for ju- governments. It should not be in, the, in fact, government should have it. It should be out the darn way when it comes to investment and jobs and factories and they shouldn't be getting together with their cronies across the world and the bankers and making sure that all your jobs were exported abroad in the first place they're the problem so government is a problem government is a problem and i don't want to see a fascist system any worse than it is today is bad enough this is fascist uh, or communist, which is the same thing to me. I don't care. Who, because they're all on board with the anti-pollution stuff, that the greening, uh, both left and right, they're all on board. Doesn't that give you uh, a little whiff that something stinks here with this whole farce of left and right? They all want the same communitarianism idea. They all want windmills to, 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 um, to recharge your batteries so you'll get maybe a couple hours of charge for the whole darn week down the road because that's where it's going to go. I don't see any difference in them at all. So anyway, that's the article there, and apparently it's all your fault anyway. It's, it's, even though you, you, most folk out there are utterly ignorant of the, the GATT treaty, they're ignorant of the World Trade Organization. You know that, and all the other organizations are global. The Kyoto uh, Conference, the protocols they came out with, uh, the Earth Summit. These are all private organizations meeting together with the bankers because they're all part of it. They fund it all so that the bankers end up owning the planet, which they've pretty well done. If you want to believe, they have a right to own it. Because technically anything can be undone. 
anything can be ripped up. Any treaty, any whatever can be ripped up and tossed in the stove and produce some nice carbon. That's a good carbon, that one. You know? There's way too many of these, these, these sick treaties which have doomed us, absolutely doomed us, if you go along with it. But why play along with their game of demanding that you, how can you keep the same broken system in place? Well, why a corrupt system where even the foundation is corrupt? Why on earth would you want to keep it in place? I mean, forget Hollywood and the old the, the movies that turn out with the you know with the, the violins and they turn on the tears and the marching stuff and the, the memories of what you thought America or Canada or anywhere else used to be. That's gone. Often it didn't exist in the first place for a lot of people. But that's what they give you, you see. So they want you to keep wanting the same system. Well, just alter it a bit, they tell you. Really? Same people are going to be in charge? Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about this corrupt system that's really always been corrupt because you can't get anything but corruption. Technically they'll tell you it's not corrupt because it's legal, whatever they do. But let's forget their, 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 their craziness, their obsession with these legal, legal words and terms. The fact is it's corrupt. They're, they're corrupt people. They're not nice at all, in other words. They're, they are antisocial, aren't they? That, that, that's the bottom line. They are antisocial, these guys who run the money system and run the world, basically. And we take everything that comes down the pike, and we suffer, and then we complain to each other once in a while. And even now, folks don't even bother complaining when prices go up and up. They're trained to be used to it now, you see. As you're getting trained into austerity, so that the big banks can get bigger. Because, you see, they're international banks. They're not national banks at all. Internationalism has got nothing to do with, with your little area, believe you me. It's about pure profit elsewhere, anywhere. doesn't matter where it is. And that's why you can't get rid of the nation-state. Of course, they'll argue and say, oh, well, you've got to get rid of the nation-state. That's why we have all these wars. No, it's not. It's the people in the nation-state that run your banks and run your governments that cause the wars. Always. And therefore, you can't have power residing in people who have total control of the cash system. Canada, right through the last Great Depression in the 20s and 30s, had its own real bank. And it, it didn't borrow from a private bank. It was the only country in, in the whole the planet, basically, that was pretty well unscathed by the Great Depression. Things were reduced, but the, the, the country came out of it owing nothing to private banks. In fact, the Great Depression technically was to do away with it, that kind of system. Elsewhere, in a few other countries that had that kind of system. And then you're never out of the hole. You can't get out of the hole. It's impossible. It's dug deeper all the time. And that's how those who control the money system keep control of you. And they only do it through a kind of strange agreement that you, you've never made with them. It's, just, it's a tacit acceptance that it exists, therefore it must be real or normal. So we have to go along with it. Every, anything can be changed, anything at all can be changed, believe you me. And when the big boys themselves who own this system move into the next phase, they will change it all. They are changing it all. Here's an article, because you see, they want to change it and consolidate all the financial systems into what the, 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 the institutions that were already set up to be consolidation houses, basically. 
this from the Royal Institute of International Affairs at Chatham House, which is the boss, basically, the big boss that came up with the idea of the CFR, the American branch, and they've got one group running the whole of Europe now as well. Regardless of politics, every top member is a member of this private organization. And it says here, this is the, the organisation that Quigley talked about. He was a historian for them. He said, of course, wars, and he was all for it too. He thought it was, a, you know, cause wars, then take over country for resources, all that kind of stuff, and, and to bring in this strange kind of world peace idea. You know. Anyway, it says here, uh, House, uh, independent thinking on international affairs, right? And this is a dynamic approach to global economic governance. I've mentioned this before, global economic governance. Strange they're coming out with this, and they've been working on this for years and years and years before the Wall Street protests. See, they want the changes, you see. Same boys want the changes. We're always conned. But just when you're doing a sigh of relief, you're hit again with something else. Eh? It says, emergence of new economic powers on an increased integrated integrated world economy, right? Interdependence has highlighted the need for better management of international interdependencies and reform of global economic governance. Global economic governance, folks. Since 2008, the G20 has, and what is the G20? It's a private organization made up of your presidents and prime ministers who were told to form it because they all belonged, all of these members across the planet belonged to the Royal Institute of International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations, which is the same organization. They put their presidents and prime ministers in and have done for a hundred years. And they told them, you know, form this group. They're always forming groups. When you look into the start, the origins of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, they had councils. And groups, and that's what they call them, the group of two, the group of four, the group of so-and-so, yeah. Anyway, the G20 has emerged as a key multilateral forum on the basis of its perceived effectiveness as a crisis committee managing the global economic and financial turmoil. Now, think how they word things. They're awfully, awfully legalistic how they word it. A crisis committee managing the global economic and financial turmoil. You see? It's like, the, it's like the Center for Disease Management. Same thing. They, they manage diseases. Those guys manage the crisis which they create. It is now turning into the world's permanent steering committee. Okay, no one voted for this this private club. Uh, no president or prime minister brought it up when they were running for election. They wanted to join a private club, international, to draw you into an interdependent world society and do away with, with nationalism. Not one person in charge of a country has ever mentioned this. And yet, this private club has got us paying billions of dollars when they have their global meetings from the tax man. Where's, where's the responsibility of the taxpayer for this private club? How would you like to start a private club up and getting, you know, $20 million here and there for security and big food and stuff and even the whores to supply? And they do. Anyway, it's turning into the world's permanent steering committee, just like that, and it turned itself into it with a broader agenda, including global imbalances, climate change, trade and development. Climate change is in everything, left and right, you see. So they're, they're basically wanting all the same stuff that the, the left is, is wanting, you know. Uh, it's a broad agenda, interdependence and climate change, trade and development, and that's across the world. And I'll continue on this vein when we come back from this break.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back, and we're cutting through the matrix. And just giving it right in an article here to show you that the big boys want exactly what you're going to protest about because they want to move into the next phase of their control over the planet through a whole bunch of new names and things. And people go back to sleep until they realize that they're even poorer than they were before. But anyway, this is the Royal Institute of International Affairs, uh, an organization that was set up for world government, and it came out of the Milner Group, a, con- a-, a consortium of bankers, who kicked off the Boer War, actually, on purpose to take over at the, the resources of Africa. The, the part of their plan was to go across the world and take over the resources of every nation in the 1800s. That's when they were at it. And they joined with the, the Rhodes Foundation. Rhodes was in league with Rothschild. In fact, Rhodes left his will to Rothschild. And, uh, and then they formed the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and the American branch eventually was called the Council on Foreign Relations. They have branches all across the whole world, India, everywhere, Australia, you name it, they have them. And they all work towards all their members. And by the way, you can't apply for membership. If they want you personally, uh, they'll, they'll approach you. And they're all sworn for internationalism and elitism, and they believe they're a eugenic superior race, basically, when it comes down to it just like Russell said they would. Anyway, they said uh, uh, this uh, G20 has emerged as a key multilateral forum on the basis of perceived effectiveness, not real effectiveness, but perceived effectiveness as a crisis committee because they manage the global economic and financial turmoil. In fact, they created it. It's now turning into the world's permanent steering committee with a broader agenda. Now, no one's given them the go-ahead to do this. They just take it themselves. It's a new form of governance. That's why they like the term governance, you see. And they were all the same things as the lefties want. You know, the, the, the carbon credits, the climate change nonsense, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. This is in the process of G20's lack of legitimacy. They admit it themselves. They see they have no legitimacy. Why are we paying them billions of dollars for the world meetings when they have no legitimacy? They're a private group, right? And representatives has become more apparent. Improving its governance is necessary over the long term, but simply expanding its membership could undermine its effectiveness. Developing the G20's outreach to a broader range of countries and building a permanent secretariat could make it more representative, but this will take time and be very contentious. In other words, you know, you pay for it all and not be terribly happy. In the short run, the G20 can increase its legitimacy through greater transparency and accountability, just like Obama's, it's like frosted glass in a bathroom, by establishing an independent audit mechanism for commitments and leading governance reform of the international financial institutions. So they're completely globalist. It was always their agenda to conquer the world. And I think they've done it, to be honest with you. And they always give you the opposition. They've always given you the opposition that want the same things because they're all members of it. And if you ever get the minutes of meetings, of their world meetings, you'll find all your top union leaders in there and all what you think are communists, etc. And that's what Quigley said. He says, we don't care who we bring on as members, but, you know, communist, fascist, whatever, dictatorships. He says, as long as they're all come on board with the same agenda. Yeah. Still on the go. That's your real governmental system. Nothing to do with this thing you think is called democracy, this pie-in-the-sky stuff. And then you look at the, the, the cons that are going on. 
Uh, this is called Carbon Credits for Coal-Fired Power Plants. You see, it's all chronology, and it's from the Barnaby is Right uh, site. It says, the following article was brought to my attention by a reader who has also provided a copy of his related letter to Greg Hunt, the Member of Parliament. The implications of the story for Australia's public uh, policy on addressing climate change are profound. In effect, what the following revelation means is this. Australia, under our green Labour independent dictatorship, will be deliberately undermining our own coal-fired electricity sector via the government's uh, no-mandate imposition of a carbon X scheme. They're doing it in the States, they're doing it in Canada, they're doing it across the world. They're closing down all your coal plants to make electricity awfully expensive, you see. Anyway, we will then be buying some $3 billion per annum worth of carbon dioxide credits from countries such as China and India. They will be able to sell us their UN-provided free carbon credits, because the UN's handing them out billions of them for free, to the countries that are doing the polluting, you see. Uh, and so the countries that are where they're cracking down on pollution, you have to buy it from the ones who are doing the polluting. Isn't that a wonderful... D- because, you see, they're just coming out of third-world status, the poor souls, uh, just like China. They're still classed as third-world, by the way, by the same group, the, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, etc. Um, so they're allowed to pollute and sell carbon credits to you, even though you are paying through the nose for, for your, your very expensive electricity that's not coal-fired anymore. So anyway, so we're all at the same time buying our coal to burn. So they're buying the coal from, from, you know, China and India, from Australia. They're buying it. They're polluting the stuff. And then they're selling to Australia carbon credits, which they get for free. And they get cash back, you see, from Australia to buy these damn nonsensical carbon credits. It says, read on and be stunned at the insanity of green totalitarianism's global policy of reduce all to the lowest common denominator. Environmentalists criticized the United Nations on Tuesday after it ruled that a large Indian coal-fired power project is eligible to earn carbon credits worth $165 million at current prices. And you wonder why Pachori at the IPPCC at the United Nations has got all these investments in these private coal companies all over the place. Corruption rules the world, folks. Several green organizations said the UN rules or methodology applied to the 4,000 MW megawatts is a critical plan owned by Reliance Power were flawed and that the project was viable without the sweeteners of tradable carbon credits called Certified Emission Reductions, CERs. The power station in Krishna Patnam in Andhra Pradesh is a second reliance power project to be formally registered by the United Nations under its clean development mechanism. So the, the wonderful United Nations that's punishing everybody who pollutes is rewarding these companies and allowing them to pollute and even giving them free carbon credits to sell to the other countries. How can anyone go along with this rubbish? Huh? Huh? How can anyone go along with this absolute, absolute incredible rubbish? And then there's another article here. It's called Steel Guru. New Zealand Steel secures, I think it's $500,000 of free carbon credits worth 10 million actually in New Zealand dollars. 10 million it's worth. So they're selling carbon credits, 500,000 of them, or giving them free. Uh, which are worth $10 million if you start trading them. To kick, to kick off the whole carbon con, you see, start on trading. They're copying what the European Union did. They give out billions in free carbon credits to get all the big businesses trading them. And they're making profits before the year was out. Because it's all come from the taxpayer. 
New Zealand Steel was given nearly 500,000 free carbon credits in 2010, worth nearly uh, 10 million New Zealand dollars, to cushion it from the impact of a price on carbon. Who needs a price on carbon? It's always been here, always will be here, whether man's here or not. According to the country's specialist carbon market intelligence service, Carbon News, it's a specialist intelligence service, Carbon News, no kidding, and with a bit of trading, it could potentially earn itself 250000 New Zealand dollars off this year's allocation. New Zealand Steel was by far the biggest beneficiary of the allocation, receiving 494,704 New Zealand emission units. Emission units. Other significant allocations, and it gives you a whole list of the rest of them here. The New Zealand Aluminum Smelters, Methanex New Zealand, Fletcher Concrete Infrastructure, Norsk Skog Tasman, uh, Balance Agri-Nutrients, these chemical companies, Pan-Pack, Winston Pulp International, and Carter Holt, Harvey Pulp and Paper. And it gives you a list of how much they all got in these freebies. Isn't that wonderful? Big corporations getting freebies that the taxpayer all paid for because it's all tax money they're giving them, you see. We need more in this democracy, don't we? We really need more in this democracy. Oh, God, eh? But he's a, well, the Wizard of Oz rules because everyone believes he really is the wizard. And it's getting worse and worse. It's meant to be as folk go insane. Now, even, the, again, the big boys are getting pulled out too because they're trying to pacify the Wall Street protesters and different ones. Not on top of the genuine ones because there's a lot of folk catch on to these groups and move along because they know things are wrong. So Bernanke comes out and he warns the Congress that growths and jobs fronts too weak. No kidding, this guy's a genius. That's why they have geniuses and experts at the top, you see, to tell you there's not enough jobs being created. You know, This is often a lot of unemployment. Federal Reserve leaders have downgraded their expectations for economic growth. Chairman Ben S. Bernanke of the Big Bank, he said Tuesday, and called on Congress to address both long-term budget deficits and the short-term economic troubles. The federal chief, uh, chief, I was going to say chef there for a minute, because he's always cooking the books, testified before the Joint Economic Committee, urged Congress to avoid actions that might impede the ongoing economic recovery. It's doublespeak. It's just admitted there is no economic recovery. While simultaneously putting in place a plan to reduce future deficits over time, adding that the federal budget is clearly not on a sustainable path at present, and that the deficit reduction targets and the so-called Super Committee of Congress is charged with meeting will not be enough to make the nation's finances sustainable. Now, Branke also signaled that the Fed will consider further action if the economy continues to worsen. I wonder what they'll do, just pull up stakes and cough on a ship or something. The Fed's policy committee will continue to closely monitor economic developments and is prepared to take further action as appropriate to promote a stronger economic recovery in a context of price stability, he said. That's why they make them experts, you see. Price stability, stronger economic recovery, and all these marketing terms that the marketers come up with for them to spew out to the public as they loot the planet. <laughs> and, of course, they plunder, too, across the whole Middle East, so they're all in debt, too, once they get their central banks established there, which has a lot to do with why these wars are ongoing. The whole world's got to be standardized into interdependence, you know, and, and, and the desert must become green, green everything, green cloth, you know, green turbans, you name it, everything's got to go green, as simple as that. And you'll pay dearly for all this colour, dye I suppose, that's all it is, is dye, because that's, that's as green as it's going to get. But uh, everything's a con, as I say, everything is, is a pretty stinking con, 
and were taught since childhood from by our parents that it's all quite normal and there's hierarchies. You must simply obey hierarchies because they're special people. They come out with special wombs and have special brains because they can dream up these cons and make them legal, you see. Anything can be made legal. Another article, too, is financial crisis as a world teetering on the brink. Welcome to the new normal. Everyone's using that phrase I came out with, the new normal, which is quite nice to see them actually doing it. I'll put that up again tonight, too. And to show you how crazy all, all the lies... We live amongst nothing but lies and deception. You know, It says, NASA goes full stupid about the sea level. Uh, the claim that flooding rivers are causing sea levels to decline. Had anyone there actually passed preschool level geography, they might know that rivers flow into the sea and return the water which fell as rain and snow. These same geniuses also claim that glaciers were melting at a record rate in 2010. What sort of drugs are these people smoking? I don't know if they smoke them yet. I think special drugs at the top. More advanced drugs that, that stimulate certain parts of the brain. You know, like that peer I mentioned, that lord the other day there that had to step down after his little orgies and stuff, you know. Special drugs that go right to the part of the brain they want stimulated as opposed to this, you know, scatter effect, shotgun effect of having regular drugs. But I'll put this link up tonight too. And uh, you, you'll see all the nonsense in the site about what they've claimed in the past and how they've all been disproven. But it doesn't stop them because it's a big agenda big agenda for the world uh, that only big special people with, with a group just like the G20 that will form itself you see and give itself legitimacy will run what the, the very atmosphere itself the very air that you breathe and that's where it really is now I think there's a caller from the UK on the line is it Jan? Oh, yeah. um, I just wanted to ask you um, I, I try and look at this um, from the eugenics point of view because you said that the, the eugenics was the big agenda. That was the, the final goal. Is that right? It's a big part. It's been a part for a long time uh, because I was looking at Time uh, magazine. They, they always have Man or Woman of the Year down through the... T- I put that link up tonight, in fact, and you can look at it. But it's got to all the... It's got the top abortionists that brought abortion into society for depopulation purposes like Margaret Sanger. These were all heroes put down as like Time uh, Person of the Year, etc. So it's a big, big part just to get rid of what they call, basically they call it the, 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 the useless eaters that are left, and they call it the, the terms, like Bertrand Russell call them useless eaters, the, the masses who are left after a post-industrial society and a post-technological society. Everything's been given to China, so we're, we're really there now. And in other words, what do they do with all of us now? And they say at the top, like if you read um, Charles Gorton, Darwin's book, The Next Million Years, he said that the biggest problem that the elite in Britain had uh, was to be outbred by all the lesser base types. They now call them junk gene types. They haven't made it to the top, so the useless eaters are once again. So it is a big part, yeah. Well, what I mean is, um, is the, the final goal uh, was, is it not to split the human race into these two species and have a, a surf race that just... It's already, it's already there. Forever, because yeah. my, my question is, yeah. Um, to the people at the very, very top of this pyramid whose agenda this is, not like what you call even Rockefeller a worker, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Do, you, do you think money is actually that big a issue to them at the very top? Because No, it's not. It's not. Money, money is a means of control to them at the top. The That's all. to an end, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's important, and that's why they put on the, the, the dollar, you know, uh, and God we trust. Uh, the reason is because, you see, it's all based on faith, and they train the public who go out and to earn this cash to believe in it. You've got to believe it's real. The guys at the top don't care as long as you believe it's real. Yeah, because, yeah that's exactly what I was thinking, because it, it all comes back to what you said about them having a good understanding of human nature. Yeah. Because what they've done is they've, we, now associate, we now give money mm-hmm. the same importance as we do food, because we need yeah. money to get food. So on a primal level, yeah. they've made us identify money as being as important as food. That's also, right. Um, yeah. Also, they understand that uh, we're susceptible to greed. Mm-hmm. And greed motivates people, gets them working, doesn't it? And it also yeah. um, it overrides people's moral values, greed, doesn't it? They understand this. They understand it. But what, what it does too, you see, any, any instinct can be, um, it can, can go out of control. It can become neuroticized. Uh, advertisers know this. That's just why you've got so many obese people. Every other ad on television is fast food and, and, and chocolate or something. Um, they understand that any instinct, or as a sexual instinct, you, you can put out a proportion by advertising in the movies and so until everyone's rotten like rabbits, basically. As long as they don't have children, they're quite happy at the top. That was what they said. Julian Huxley said that. So they used all these techniques on the public. But, but with money, uh, you have a fear. Because without money, you see, now you're poor. And if you're poor, you don't have any friends. You might not have a house or a roof over your head. Uh, you might have n- no means to medical attention. And, and uh, you'll die in poverty and squalor and hopelessness. And so they play on that too. Now, during the, the Great Depression, all the factories were there. All the farms were there. There was still gas around. There was seed around. Everything stopped because money stopped. So the means to, to make it all was still there, but everything stopped because money stopped because the people were trained. You need money to make everything work. It's just a means to an end. That's all it is, isn't it? That's what it is. It's the middleman that came in and stopped barter. Barter was the only honest system. Hold on, we'll be back after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and just talk about money, and that's why they call it currency, it's like current, it, it travels like, like water, it's a current of water, and it travels of course, and of course the first banks was made of water in the Nile, where they banked the water, which is a life force basically, and that was that's where you have river banks, that's where it comes from, it's a life, and it flows, you see, it flows down river. and uh, this, is, this is really all their terminology for today, they're still using it. So it's a, now there's one more caller. I think it's is is it Tara in Canada? Yes. 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 Hello. Hello. Yes. Hi. Uh, yeah, this is Tara. I'm. You were talking a little bit about the Occupy Wall Street protest, and I was trying to get my head around that too. Um, there's a lot of like I think there's a lot of grassroots movement, just like the Tea Party there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, no doubt everybody's going to try to co-opt it from each side and run yep. their agenda. I mean, that's always, it's just like the streets. I mean, it's the same thing as a kid in schoolyard being bullied for their money, mm-hmm. you know, for the lunch money. But they're trying to build a lot of a community and they're trying to build a lot of a bit of an intellectual renaissance, which mm-hmm. I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and they're trying to build community uh, from that. So I don't know. Um, do you think that was part of the original plan yeah. to, uh, yeah. so they I, I've looked at, to build the community? Yeah, it, it, and it then folds they have better taps on people in the future when they try to, you know, share gardening or whatever when economics gets worse? Exactly right, exactly right. I've got articles here, I'll put them up tonight, if I can upload, because satellite's down in Canada, I don't know if you know that. 
and uh, the big satellite. So anyway, I'll try and get it up later, but um, I'll put a link up, and it shows you all the organizations and all the old ones going back for 50 years, some of them, these organizations, and, and get funding, again, from the big foundations, Rockefeller, etc., etc. And it ties in exactly with communitarianism, uh, again, austerity measures coming in for the future. We've got to look after each other, etc., etc., all this wonderful stuff. But the fact is they've already got the system on paper all set up and how to do it, and they've got the facilitators ready to go into action as well for the, for the new society, yeah. The grassroots movement, in one sense, it's really needed because, you know, I mean, I, I was paying attention to what's going on with the Toronto, and they have the Nurses Student Association that's willing to stand by and street medics from the universities. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got some grassroots people who really, I think, are very honest and, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, could be very helpful in the future to help people in, under austere measures, but they'd also be able to keep tabs on the people then for the rest of their lives. Oh, absolutely. Anybody who yeah. goes is taking a chance, but, I mean, we've already known that from the start anyhow. Mm-hmm. We always end up protesting and demanding what we're told to protest and demand. I've noticed this in history, and it always looks good looking back on it until you really look into it in detail, and you find out that we're always led up the garden path. All the top articles coming out of the UK that led off communitarianism uh, 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 shows you uh, that the big the government itself is decentralizing, supposedly powered down to the local level, but it's a completely different system of, of standard of living. That's what it's to come down to, and literally that's why you also got this. Uh, um, it's too costly now to t- to treat cancer patients. It'd be easier to euthanize them. All this stuff is coming out into the open at the same time as you go into austerity. And Canada is still to get whacked yet much, much more than it has already, believe you me. And Canada is one of the biggest players in this global system for advocacy. In fact, I think the, the, the minister for the Bank of Canada, the politician, has been put forward to take over the World Bank, which is part of the, 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 the again, the, the BIS, the Bank for International Settlements, this to be the world, the real world bank that's running all the central banks for the planet. His name is just put forward, top player in Canada's branch of the CFR, which they changed the name of just a few years ago. But thanks for yeah. calling. You're right on oh, with it, though. Yeah, you're right on with what you say. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. Be a bit late uploading because the satellite just turned round to face the sun, apparently, all on its own. And it's going to, I don't know how, if I'll ever get back up again or not. Remember to donate and help me keep going and buy the books, etc. And we'll see what happens in the near future.